Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome to this week's show. Excited as always to be here. It's a beautiful day here in Florida. It's just you know, beautiful. No matter what the weather, we had some crazy weather, but it's still great to just be alive on the planet today and wake up each morning and and just greet the new day, whatever it is. There's so much stress going on in so many people's lives today. Everybody knows what I've been going through since my mom passed away. And I have an extra special treat for you today. I've got two guests, one live on the phone from Hawaii and one here in the studio. And I'm really excited about it. I've got um, retired Colonel Deb Lewis, from who you've heard me speak about before, my dear friend who was first female graduating class West Point, 34 years, served in the U.S. Armed Forces. And Colonel Doug Adams, her husband, calling in from Hawaii. He just flew back from Florida to Hawaii last night. I don't think he's been to sleep yet. He's flew overnight, and um, he's staying up (laughs) to do the show with us today. So um, I want to welcome both of them to the show today. Thank you, Laura. Doug, can you hear us okay? I can, Laura. Thanks. An opportunity to say hi to my wife as well. And and you can say hi to your in-laws, General Ben Lewis and his gorgeous, wonderful, amazing wife, Malveen, who are sitting in the back um, in the conference room at the radio station. Absolutely. Thanks, and, Laura, for having us. Oh, it's such Thank a you. just a joy to have the two of you on. Um, I love the work that both of you are doing. You know, I mentioned that there's so much stress going on in the world today, and both of you, Deb and Doug, speak on, and Deb's writing a book, on how to stay positive in a very stressful world, in a very negative world. And it's not just about, oh, putting on a face and smiling. There, there's a lot more to it. And both of you having been in the military, it's, it's hard to imagine two people who have been through so much staying as positive as you have been. Deb, how did, how did you manage to do that? I think it starts with a great foundation. You know, when growing up, my parents are here, and I'm so proud of them, each of them bringing us up. My dad, you heard from... If anyone was listening earlier, I mean, he's he was uh, World War II is when he enlisted, and uh, then he was also in Korea, right, in 1950, and then Vietnam. Service is a part of our family and uh, Doug's family in a, from the church perspective and also in the military perspective. But I think that when you have role models that say service above self, that first gives you a grounding, foundation, and it helps you focus on a purpose in life. I think. And a lot of people may not have goals. And some of that is, is what are your personal goals? And if you don't have a personal goal, what do you need to feel like? And I know what it feels like to feel awful and negative. And even today I was sharing with my parents, I know how to go negative. I can go negative, (laughs) but it's a choice that you have to make every second of every day where you're going to choose the positive. And it's just like you're reaching out and grabbing that happy emoji. You know, you're saying, I'm not going to be Pollyannish about it. But the fact is, I do have a choice, and a lot of people forget that. It's interesting, Deb, that you said you you make a choice and that you can go negative. In the years I've known you, I've never seen you go negative. And, Doug, I've never seen you go negative ever either. I, I 
I know it's easy to say choose positive, but how does one go about doing that? I'll let Doug start well, this I, one. Yeah, I, Laura, I would say that um, you've just been fortunate not to see me go negative because <laughs> my wife definitely has seen me go negative. And uh, the, the interesting thing about that is it's not necessarily at other people. Uh, oftentimes the, time, the, the choice that I'm making is to um, cave into an emotional um, outburst towards myself. Something didn't go well or I made a mistake or there was a simple accident. And we all will feel a particular way, and I know I will. And uh, it's relatively easy to let the emotions overcome um, what we're what we're thinking, rather than taking that that space between that stimulus and the response. But my wife has been very good at helping me see that that one I do have that choice to create that space, and uh, I don't need to let the emotions be my total. Um, response to whatever the um, situation has been that either I created or just occurred because the world happens to all of us. The other part of that is, is that one of the ways she's done that is to let me know that it's not just me that gets affected, right? So if I, if I respond in a particular way that's just completely based on the emotions I may be feeling at the moment, um, usually not um, a, a very nice way, she also is affected, and I don't want that to happen. That's never been my intention and, and continues not to be the intention, yet she still is affected. And so those provide additional motivations for me to make sure that I don't necessarily go down that road, make that choice, um, instead try to stay in a positive attitude, use the positive attitude as a way to transform those emotions into something that is more conducive to a, a better relationship. I think of it in a way of energy. You know, we really are, we, we produce energy as human beings, and that can be positive or negative if we want to, and we study it in science and all of that. But the idea is, if you're going to share it, which one do you want to share? <laughs> and, okay. and and sometimes we don't realize how contagious it is. It's worse than any virus. We were just hearing, watching a TV show, MacGyver, and said that flu ha- uh, hangs around on uh, mayo. I mean, um, money for 18 days. <laughs> you know, two days in the air and 18 days like ah. Well, if you think about that and take it a lot further, when you go negative, it, it's just like propagating that wave out. And if you're going to come at it. In a negative perspective, you you have to be aware there's going to be all these unintended consequences. Well, both of you talked about, you know, it affects other people. How do you stop it from affecting yourself so that you can then put positivity out there? I mean, it is a contagious thing. I, I, I can't watch the news anymore or even read half the stuff on the Internet because it's all about negativity and anger and it, it just gets me going, and, and then I just want to hide in a hole because I can't figure out how to protect myself all the time. I think the first step is you have to know what do you stand for? What are your values? What are the things that are important to you? If, if you really understand that, and, and we have a word in Hawaiian. We live in Hawaii. I love the Hawaiian language. And aloha is a word that most people recognize for a lot of reasons. But aloha is the full body language of love. And it's also all those things positive. 
it's generating that aloha spirit. We talk about that. And people understand it in that context. And I think self-awareness is huge. And there's a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to figure it out. Well, it's very interesting because there's lots of ways that you can figure that out. But when you understand what's most important in your life at each day, each moment, then it helps you get a perspective and start to become self-aware. It's like a light switch. I like to call it like the light switch. It, you know, how long do you want to stay in the dark? Right. You okay. know when you're in the dark physically. Right. Can you really appreciate that when you know that your emotions start going dark, when they cross that line from positive to negative? And then I am like a MacGyver. I like to figure out, okay, if the light goes down, I don't care if somebody else does it or I do it. It doesn't matter. Once I realize I'm in the dark, okay, now I got to figure it out. What do I need to do? What what fills me up so that I can be, uh, you know, kind of um, brighten that glow that's inside me? I know it's there hiding somewhere. <laughs> Because all this other stuff's happening, and and I, um, the one story that uh, I know that you're very familiar with is what I call the happy stone. And um, the happy stone uh, basically is somebody helping me connect to a memory. Sometimes we have to reach back to a memory that's our happiest memory. But at a moment's notice, can you reconnect to that happiest memory, even in your darkest hour, and try to reconnect and put yourself there? And then your body will start paying attention first. And sometimes that's what we have to do. Let our body lead because our mind starts going in all these circles and flips and, and negative, you know, going down that rabbit hole or whatever. And we've been talking a lot the last few weeks on the show about that feeling your body and recognize what your body's trying to tell you, because it's going to give you some ideas as to what's going on. And, and Doug, hold on to your thought because we're going to cut out to our first commercial break and we'll be right back with Doug Adams and Deb Lewis talking about how to stay positive in a negative world. Doug, you were going to say something before we were so interrupted by our commercial sponsors? <laughs> our very wonderful commercial sponsors, as it turns out, Laura. I would say uh, just in addition to what Deborah was saying uh, regarding the the question of what we can do, your question of what we can do, and we ask these questions to ourselves and um, one of the things that both Deborah and I recognize as we go through this and is that there are times when we can sense that, but we oftentimes try to figure out what are the things that we know through time we have figured out um, will bring us out of that. So for her, oftentimes I'll suggest perhaps, or she'll suggest to herself, music. She will go cycling around town on her little, on her tricycle. Um, which draws smiles from her, everybody that sees her. Yeah, I picture and, it with all the streamers and glitter and everything. The, exactly. I am a glitter right. girl. She, she does. And then the other is is that, is that I will suggest, even when she's not feeling like it, and sometimes it's a little bit of an effort, which will be surprising to you, Laura, since you know her, is that she go and she um, um, visit with folks that she likes that, she likes to be around, having those connections because she likes to have those connections, and I know those connections will will bring her out of whatever malaise, um, however short it may be. Um, it'll help her um, find that positive way. Just we all have that. Even even the the master of positivity um, will have these feelings, and the idea is how do we. Um, what what can we do to bring ourselves back out of that? Because 
it isn't going to just happen. We have to, as in so many things, be practiced at it so that we can continue to be positive in a world that that isn't necessarily going to help us do that. Uh, It's interesting because, you know, you talked about what Deb does, but you didn't talk about what you do to help yourself. That's because... That's because she's the master and I'm the apprentice. <laughs> okay, okay, so so from an apprentice perspective then, because most of us are apprentices at at what it takes to stay positive in, in the real world, what are some things that, that you find you need to do or that was one of the hardest things for you? I like the ability, particularly in the morning, it's part of this is starting every day, right? So I like the ability in the morning to be able to smile um, at my wife, right? And uh, I know she'll smile back, and that is just, it's a a really nice way to start the day. Now, as you notice, um, she's in Florida right now, and I'm in Hawaii. So when I get up um, (laughs) later... (laughs) this will be an opportunity for me to practice something else, which is smiling at myself, which is a great deal more difficult. But in the mirror, the idea being at least somebody has smiled at me today. Somebody thinks it's great to see you today, even if it needs to be me seeing myself. And that, uh, if I haven't seen another smile all day, which won't be the case, you smile at folks, they'll smile back at you. Um, It reaffirms your worthiness in the world. And we all need that reaffirmation all the time. The other part of this is that I like to be out. I've recognized something for me is that I like to be out in the world, too. I like to be out um, in the natural environment. When I have the chance to do that, it makes me feel better. My body feels better, and my spirit feels better. What you just said got me very emotional. And I could feel the tears forming behind my eyes right now, especially the probably hear it in my voice, the smile at yourself. Um, you know, I didn't realize I missed that since my mom died. Yeah. And so, smiling, smiling in the morning, smiling at night, and Doug makes a good point. You know, if you have someone, we're so blessed that we have each other, but I also have dear friends like you, Laura, and when we see each other, we are all smiles, right? And the idea is to remember that's such a vital part of our day. That's not, that's not like our life. That's our day. <laughs> and, um, and a great day, you know, the, the, some of the best days will start with a smile. And then you've got to make sure at night, too, because a lot of us, I learned that I was a thrill thinker at night. I'm thinking about all the things that I didn't get to, right? right? That's an easy way to focus. And then instead, you can focus on what are the things that I did accomplish and how important those were and who are the people in my life that I got to see and what's something that can make me smile before I go to bed. And I, I just love that image of smiling at yourself at the beginning of the day, smiling at yourself at the end of the day, and thinking through those thoughts. And it, that was a huge aha for me, because I don't do that. I don't smile at myself. Yeah. yeah. It takes practice, actually. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and getting over what you think might be silliness. You know, sometimes <laughs> we say, oh, that doesn't matter. But the truth is there's tons of research behind it. There's tons of research, you know, the fake it before you make it, you know, it's, right. it's like there's tons of research behind it. You need to train those muscles back to, to smile that again. 
and figure out how you can do that. What's going to make you smell? Now, I'm not talking about the toothy smile where you're, you know, if you looked at two dogs that were doing it to each other, <laughs> they'd be very angry with each other, you know, because that can be threatening to people. But the idea is you just have to have the corner of your lips or your eyes. You know, some people can't smile with their mouth. Um, it's with their eyes. And and there's an exercise that, that we do whenever we have a workshop that I love. And it's um, what is your resting face saying when you're not looking <laughs> oh that's that's cool what is your you know, resting face saying when you're not doing when what does your well actually you could say what does your face say when you're not looking <laughs> okay because it's really about your resting face it's your face when you have no expression and um, i'm blessed that i was born with uh, corners of my mouth turn up so it wasn't hard for me but i'm learning that as i age those little wrinkle lines are coming in so if i did my resting face other people from a distance might think i'm slightly frowning maybe not a lot but you know (laughs) slightly frowning um and then my mother and i we joke about it all the time since the age of three uh, some of us were born with mouths that turned very sharply downward and uh, we finally found the perfect t-shirt for her which was an eagle (laughs) and the eagle said i am smiling (laughs) you know if you've ever looked at a fierce looking eagle but the idea is, is that uh, people who get comments from others all the time asking, what's wrong with you? What's your problem? What's whatever? Chances are your resting face when you're not looking <laughs> is, is telling people that there's something wrong. And that's something, again, in the mirror, just like with the smile. You can decide what face matches the inside of you. Doug, you want to add into that? I was just going to say, Laura, when I was um, traveling yesterday, um, it was a... Uh, interesting trip. And as I was walking through one of the, uh, probably in Houston, although it could have been in LA, one of the terminals, I felt myself, I I actually made myself think that I was smiling as I was going through, because I had an option not to be particularly in a great mood. And, but I wanted to not, I wanted to practice the resting face. I wanted to kind of feel like I felt like my smell, myself smiling. Now, I didn't have a mirror, and there's a good chance that my thinking that I was smiling was at least an even mind, an even line, but I don't think I was frowning um, when I was walking through because my mind said I was smiling. <laughs> That's an interesting concept. So your mind says you're smiling. It, it sounds like, because as soon as you said it, you know, I said to myself, Oh, okay. And I thought about what you said and I felt myself begin to smile and my whole body began to change. I don't know if you could see it, Deb, but I felt like my shoulders dropped, my breath changed, just even the thought about thinking about me smiling. Well, the first time we did the exercise, Doug thought he was smiling a lot longer than uh, I I actually gave him the signal, honey, okay, now. <laughs> so, so he had thought about it, but it hadn't quite made it to his face yet. Well, Is and I think people have that mistaken belief that they are smiling to other people because their head says so. But if you look in the mirror, chances are, and the way they're reacting is exactly what you're projecting okay. from your from your look. And and we spend a lot of money and time and effort on hair, makeup, all these other things, making sure that we are projecting ourselves. But how much time are we really doing with? having an authentic look. It's got to be authentic because people can detect if it's not, but, but you have to start somewhere and you have to know kind of what you're working with. Some people, it's just like going to the gym. Some people have to exercise a lot more and it's like, okay, life's not fair. (laughs) 
you got to work at it. You got to you got to consciously work at it. And that's why the things that we talk about with positivity are very practical. Um, it's not this, you know, urethral kind of thing that, that you're saying, oh, everything's lovey-dovey. No, the world is tough and life gets harder in, in some ways. It's tough, but it's better. It's going to be better. You ought to be able to take the storms. You ought to be able to take the punches. And, and I learned at an early age that I either did that or I didn't survive. And there's a lot of uh, people, classmates, you talked about going to West Point. I mean, there's a lot of classmates who will never go back to that academy again because of how much they were traumatized. And people, how many people have something in their life that affect them? You know, they're traumatized by something, and sometimes they don't even remember where it started. And you have to be aware. You have to understand what's important to you and work through it. When we come and back. Laura, yeah. Go ahead, yep, Doug. Go you, ahead. Have a, you have a... Uh, I'm just going to say that uh, it's not about overcoming. It seems like it's about overcoming, but it's about transforming. Oh, I love that. That's a perfect way to go into the national news break. It's not about overcoming. It's about transforming. We are here with Doug Adams and Deb Lewis, both colonels retired from the U.S. Army, and they've certainly been through a lot in the years that they were in the armed forces and beyond. And they're here today. We're talking about how to, what, what it really means, what it takes to stay positive in the real world. We'll be right back with some practical tips that you can use yourself. Welcome back, everyone. If you're listening to us on the podcast, it was instantaneous. And you know, I always say that right after um, the the half hour point of the show. If you're listening to us live on iHeartRadio, um, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are here with Colonel Deb Lewis and Colonel Doug Adams, both retired from the U.S. Army. Deb was first female graduating class of West Point. So was Doug. And Doug, too. (laughs) Oh, that's right, because you guys met at West Point. No, actually, we met 17 years after West Point. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And you live in Hawaii now. Yes, we do. And both of you have been through some amazing, stressful situations where staying positive is not something easy and we're here talking about um work that you guys have been doing for a while now and you're deb you're finally thank you lord putting together this book with all the stuff that we've been talking about which is what it takes to stay positive in the real world yes thank you it's uh, it's been a long journey to try to figure that out because some of us who are analytical will describe the thing and it's like well how does that translate to everybody else because then i found out i'm really an empath you know someone who can be sensitive to people's emotions which doesn't play very well necessarily in a military environment no (laughs) it's like do what i you know do what i say it's an order um and and my immersion at west point was just oh my goodness how could people be so mean to each other and this is hard it's hard intellectually emotionally and then you have people who then were mean you know, bullying, and and uh, and you have to figure that out. But I think that I learned early on that going negative was not helpful. It was not helpful for me health-wise, and it wasn't effective in doing anything. And so one of the questions that I, I use lately, because I think it surprises a lot of people, is, and I'll ask you, what's the number one mistake critics make 99% of the time? So what's the number one mistake critics make 99% of the time? I have no idea. What is it? Believing that criticism works. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to work for somebody, otherwise people wouldn't no, you criticize know, so much. Truly. Wh- really? You think so? 
because I think that um, people have that mistaken belief that if, if I see something wrong, then I need to criticize you. But if you take a look at yourself, how well do you really like to hear people criticizing you on anything? Most people asking advice don't really want advice either. But on criticism, um, I think most people know um, Dale Carnegie, right? And he was the one, um, when, when you do, what is it, uh, how to win friends and influence people, and he, he observed this in his time. He said people caught red-handed would never agree that they did anything wrong. They believe inside, I'm a good person. Right. And, and it didn't matter the facts. It's what the people believed. And so if you're going to criticize them on doing something bad, what's their own self-image? And, and his thing, hands down, that's why he said, if you want to gather, if you want to gather honey, don't kick over the beehive. That was one of his chapters. <laughs> so then how do you turn that around? Well, you you choose to say, I well, okay, if criticism doesn't work, let me go the other way. Does positivity work? And lo and behold, even in the worst situations that I've been in, where I can stay positive when someone is just blasting me, I call them cockroach attacks. You know, if someone's just screaming at me, you know what cockroaches are? They're really icky. Yeah, right? in Florida, and, we call them palmetto bugs, but there's, <laughs> it's a nicer name for a disgusting well, thing. If, if you think of that, that's my visual, that's my cartoon. I use cartoons to depict my thoughts, and um, I have a wonderful artist in Greece who helps me. And uh, if you think about cockroaches coming out, if someone's really screaming and yelling at you, that's what it, I finally recognize. That's what it's like. Because what happens when they come out is they multiply and they go everywhere. And, you, and you're, you're spending your life cleaning up the mess. And, you oh, by the way, they don't die. And the commercial termite commercial says they live underwater 30 minutes. I mean, that's what negativity's like. It doesn't go away. It just kind of either resides in your body. It resides other places. And when people are going negative, you have to say, well, what can I do instead? And Doug and I have a very fun word, and that is called the no word. The no, okay, so the way to stay positive <laughs> is, is to use the no, no word. No, 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 no. <laughs> right, I feel like it wasn't no quite as well, obvious as that. But the so. better one is maybe. 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 See, um, I'm usually a yes person. I have a yes button. I'm sure a few of your listeners have one of those. You know, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And you have about 50 million ways you can say yes. And um, what Doug, what we learned with Doug is that out of habit, and he can talk about this, is no would be the word that would usually come out of his mouth if I asked him something. So the default response, Doug, for you was no. It was. My poor children. That's where I learned that. And uh, <laughs> uh, and, and so I, in our relationship, Deborah's in my relationship, um, she learned rather <laughs> forcefully, unfortunately, that that was my default oftentimes when she would suggest something. And I didn't really recognize that I was doing that. And so over time, over a lot of time, um, I have at least adapted sometimes uh, to uh, maybe. And that has become, we've turned it into a little bit of a game. And She's been very good about that. The idea is criticism is a way of trying to let us know uh, that the individual that's doing it usually has good intention. Right? Usually it's you're not accomplishing what you want to accomplish. You're, 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 this particular thing that you want to do is not being done to the standards that you yourself are upholding, and that individual is drawing your attention to it. But oftentimes the way that we've been trained to do that is by um, letting them know in no uncertain terms. 
And so what is our, frankly, our emotional response? We talk about it being our natural response. It's our emotional response is to resist. That's why the 99% uh, um, statistic. And so if through positivity, if through positive application, you can um, have that resistance either be less or not even get attached to the information, then you have a much better chance of actually hearing the information that someone's trying to give you. So by internally saying to yourself, maybe, versus no, and externally saying maybe, what I think I'm hearing is the two of you are saying, that opens the listening? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. What a great way to say it. That's a terrific way to say it. And it's a good thing we got it recorded, so we'll all remember think, it later. Think about think about the no word though when you hear it. How negative is that? And and the idea is we're not we are saying use critical thinking. Critical thinking does not equal criticism. Critical thinking is the analysis of forming into judgment on an issue in, in order to decide if anything to do with it. And sometimes the self disciplined piece of positivity is you could say something negative, but you know. How much more powerful is your positivity when you choose not to? How many times have you been with someone who could have slammed you and they chose not to? How much more highly you thought of them and they were kind to you? Or they just said, well, what were you trying to accomplish here? Let me help you with that. The last two weeks, I had Bob Berg and John David Mann on. We, they're the authors of The Go-Giver, and they just recently released The Go-Giver Influencer. And it, it just fascinates me how my shows all start to come together. I guess there's some bigger universal plan because that's one of the things they talk about is breathing, listening, um, putting yourself in another person's shoes and, and setting a frame of a conversation. And what you guys just described is such a practical way of opening yourself to, to listen to yourself and the person on the other end of the conversation. I call it the positivity button, which is P-A-U-S-E. Oh, the positivity <laughs> button. Oh, I like that. It, it's, it's like, I think people, I think I need to make this one, but it wouldn't say anything. <laughs> if people are like positivity and, and you know, they put it down as, is that it's a, it's a, it's a way to do it. And I think that, uh, and I was talking to, uh, uh, someone who is doing work and listening and for a whole year, she went into the active listening mode and only twice in the entire year did anyone ever ask anything about her. And she came to the conclusion that no one really wants to hear your opinions on stuff, <laughs> but they want to, if you ask really good questions, you can influence people and get out of them, which is why your show is so powerful, right? It's all about the questions. And when people, when we work with people in our workshops, they, when they get the, the power of the question, the power of positivity, their own personal energy can influence, it can move mountains. But if you go negative, you just... What you do is you break the trust and you shake the foundation of any relationship that you have. And there's a whole lot of other consequences we can talk about. But but the fact is, is that every time you go negative and people think that our personal relationships can take it. And I would say that that's where you have to have the highest levels of self-discipline and make sure that you are caring about that person so much that you choose not to use that 
that strategy, which is negativity and criticism. Okay, you just said something. Caring enough about that other person. Care about others. That, that Doug, you know, I, I've, I've known you not as long as I've known Deb, but that to me is a fascinating concept along with your maybe. How would you respond to that? I was thinking as we are having a conversation that if I am wanting to make sure that that Deborah has some information, uh, the or others or someone else has some information, what is the what is the way that um, they're going to receive that information um, best? Um, if I am telling it to them or if they're figuring it out for themselves. And if I am in a caring mood, which hopefully is most of the time, or in that relationship, then my mind is, and my heart, because I think the heart has to enter into this, is going to allow me to stop, to pause, to think about what I'm hearing from them, and figure out whether I need to actually make that comment immediately or do I think that they maybe already know it and if I can ask a particular question about it, they'll actually figure it out for themselves. And that's a perfect place for us to pause for our last commercial break. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back and Doug, uh, we had to interrupt you for our wonderful sponsors of the show. Continue your thoughts. Laura, thanks. Trust is what it comes down to. When you care, there is a there is a standard of trust. There is a a core of trust that comes that that is part of the relationship. And when you have that between and as a part of that relationship, there is not, frankly, a need to push forward with the with your having to make something right. It ceases to be about what is right and wrong which is oftentimes what criticism appears to be, and it becomes about the relationship. It becomes about you and me. And if we can remember that in the conversations that we have, in the dialogue that we have, if we can make it about the questions uh, and not about the answers, then we have a better chance, I've discovered in both my relationship with my wife, but also in the relationships that I have in the business um, world and in the community that we live in because, you know, I go to many meetings and it's about how do we establish trust? We don't do it by telling others what's happening, but by having dialogue that comes through questioning each other on whatever it is that we're talking about, listening to each other. That's how that trust develops. That's how the information flow occurs. It sounds like you have to trust yourself first before any of this can happen, that you can maintain positive, you know, a positive, staying positive with everything else going on in, in the real world. It's not something a lot of people find easy to do. Deb, yes, wanna... it is. It's very challenging to do because it's what you think, what you see, what you hear, what you say, what you feel. It's, it's how you're sensing your entire environment it's such a, tra- like Doug talks about, transformation when you get it, when you actually figure out, oh, I didn't realize. I have so many people, all ages, that say, I didn't realize I was so negative. 
right. (laughs) That might be why you're getting exactly what you don't want. (laughs) Because you're attracting what you are putting out in the world. And um, one of the things that uh, I talked about, the cockroach attacks, which, of course, the real angry people yelling and how tough that is to clean up. Well, the ones that are a little bit more tricky are what I call termite invasions. And if anyone's ever had termites in their house, <laughs> it takes a while. For I mean, ground termites can take down a house in a, in a year, at least in Hawaii. And um, the other ones, it takes a lot longer, but it destroys things that you care about, right? So termite invasions are those kind of things. When I had a meeting, for example, and I would you'd listen to the talk going around the room, and someone would throw out an idea. This is not brainstorming, because right. clearly the response is not, a open-ended question or something someone would say oh that'll never work or that's a terrible idea or you know we've tried that before you know all those negative each one of those are little termites and it's not a matter of if but when the house is going to collapse and if you do that to someone on a personal level they're either going to what when you see houses and buildings explode they're going to implode or explode right it's really it's just going to happen over time but a nice way that you can you can kind of stop that is I actually would stop the meeting when the conversation, when I'd hear one of those comments, because I knew how important it was for people to trust in being a safe environment to contribute ideas without being attacked. We have incredibly talented people out there that we're not even coming close to potential. They're saying it's like 15% or something in the world are engaged in workforce, right? The U S is a little bit better, but if you have a really um, person who focuses on strengths, like a manager, then you can get at least 67% engaged, which is huge That's potential a, yeah. increase. And this is Gallup information. I, you know, you can take it off the Gallup statistics. But the idea is in this meeting, the little things that you can do each day is pay attention, be aware when the negative enters your space, and then be able to transform it, not kill it. <laughs> You're never going to kill it because if you kill it, that's a negative reaction, right? But you can say, oh, if it were you saying something, I say, Laura, that's really interesting. You said, and I repeat what they said. And you've used that on me a number of times. <laughs> I said, you said this. And I said, and but if I'm with other people, I say, would anyone, I have some thoughts there, but, you know, would anyone else like to comment on how that made you feel? And, and I'd say more than 50%, maybe 75% of the time, the person doesn't even realize it came out that way. And Doug and I have these wonderful conversations because I didn't say it that way. <laughs> Right. I didn't say it that way, but that's how what everybody heard in the room. If you took a vote around the room, it's like, man, we heard it. You came on so strong because a lot of people grew up in homes there where if you didn't speak up, you weren't heard. And uh, and so that's something that people can do right away. But the other scarier thing is that it, when it's allowed to perpetuate, there's a whole lot of other consequences that can happen. And if you and if you continue to be negative, you will not know that these things are going on behind the scenes until it takes you out whether it's someone outright attacking you in some way that you're now surprised that they did it, it's because you're probably projecting that negativity or the worst one is the undermining one, you know, where they, (laughs) the bottom drops out from beneath you. And that's a lot more people get encouraged to do that because they're never going to tell it to your face. They, unless you make a safe environment, people are not going to be honest with you. Doug, I sense you want to say something. Since you're on the phone, I can't see you. So I'm kind of, Feeling you. Well, you would have seen me. You would have seen me smiling um, at the the comments because uh, bringing to mind some of the things that we said. I, I think ultimately it's about being uh, what being positive leads me to is being open to the world, being.
being open to others, being open to possibilities. When I feel negative, I feel closed down. Um, I know that. And the idea is how do we move from that closed down, closed to our environment, closed to our closest friends and family to this open the world has all these incredible possibilities for us. And that's moving from this negative space that we can create for ourselves, that we can choose for ourselves, even though sometimes it feels like we're not choosing it. We are, in fact, are to this open. And it doesn't mean that the, the world will turn all rainbow, of course, unless you're in Hawaii where we have rainbows all the time. <laughs> but it is the idea that we will have these possibilities that are always there. See, they're always there, but we have to be open to seeing them. And that's what the being positive um, attitude, the being positive techniques and skills um, help us do. It's all these treasures. It's all these treasures that are out there, and sometimes they're buried in muck, and sometimes they're buried deeper than, you know, others. But they're there if you if you pay attention and take the time to care. And we're almost out of time. I can't believe it, it just has flown by even more. I want to make sure people know how to reach out to you because your book is not out yet. And, but there's so much information that you have to share with people. So how can they get in touch with you and Doug? There's a great um, an email that will get to me, and then I'll come respond with one of our many emails. But it's Deb or Doug. You can say Deb or Doug at Positivity.Works. Okay, so Deb at Positivity.Works. Or Doug at Positivity.Works. Okay, so you can get mm-hmm. to, to both of them. Is, do you have um, any other way that they can find out more information about what's going on here? I think one of the best ways for me is if you if you go to the LinkedIn site. I'm on the LinkedIn site. It's got a whole lot of information as well, and, uh, and or that email will help you do that. But I, we just want people to remember: a positive day starts off with a smile, and that yes, there's everybody is facing. Believe it or not, everybody is facing a whole lot of challenges every day. And the only other thing we'd say, use that power of positivity that's within you in order in every situation to to not only help yourself, but help everybody around you. And if you I know one place you can get more of them in person and me in person next year, Deb, Doug and I are going to be on the reinvention retreat cruise in 2019. I'll be putting the information up on on my website. It's all about the questions or laurasteward.com. And you can join us on a cruise for, I think it's four or five days. It's four days. It is bliss. It's like you have someone who's caring for you and you get to be with fabulous people who are sharing these ideas to help you reinvent or transform your life to what you really want. Yeah, it's it's four days with Doug, Deb, myself, Wayne Purnell, Bobby Govanis, and several others to really help you transform, learn the right questions, get the techniques to stay positive, just being immersed in it in a beautiful environment. So check out the website. And uh, Deb, Doug, I want to thank you both for being here with me today. Thank you for just allowing us a platform to be able to share such great things and all the things you do every day to educate your listeners, to help us live our lives with joy and and get things done thanks and and doug go get some rest now and remember everybody the right questions can change your life what are you asking today smile you've been listening to it's all about the questions starring laura stewart connect with laura at it's all about the and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today 